Hi, I'm Cody Holland. You know, I never, I've never really grew up like lacking anything. Never grew up really in church. In fact, my dad kind of always looked down on religion just as a way to like, oh, that's how you control people. So I grew up kind of believing that, but then always like thinking there, there has to be something. Like there has to be a higher power somewhere. Around middle school, I started struggling with severe depression. Just my life was empty. You know, fast forwarding to uh, getting through school. I, I mean, it was, school was basically empty for me. I, I joined the military right after. I was like, whatever, you know, I'll, I had some family members in the military. That kind of brought me into like their debauchery culture. In your downtime, it's just drinking and, and uh, you know, fellowship in, in that. I deployed very quickly after my training. So I was in Iraq, 18-year-old kid in Iraq. Couldn't buy alcohol, but I could wield a machine gun. <laughs> you know, that was like my first real major adult experience. My, my addiction or my uh, sustenance, my spiritual sustenance was video games, because if I was losing in real life, at least I could log into the game and win, you know. Even in my downtime in Iraq, in a war zone, we're getting bombed. I'm playing World of Warcraft. <laughs> and I'm like, eh, whatever, they probably won't hit us anyway, you know? And like, Facebook keeps people connected. So there were a few people from high school that I was talking to. One was my um, now ex-wife. And so when I came back, we got married, had a kid pretty quickly. Um, and, you know, I, I fought to, to keep Kelsey. Um, you know, it was a question of whether to keep her alive, and, and so I fought for that. It was my kid, of course, but it was always that feeling of like, something is telling me I need to have this child, right? And so all these little moments throughout my life, there's just something, there's that thing that's telling me something. There has to be like some higher power, there has to be something. And we'll fast forward a few more years. I met, um, I met a couple and they, had basically everything in their life that I could have ever wanted. They had great character, uh, they had great relationship with their children, and it was all God. And so I just hung around him for a while. You know, that led me to a free enterprise conference in Las Vegas, and we, uh, my brother and I went. So we went to the Sunday service, um, and Brother Paul was telling the story of Jericho. And I just had this swell of emotion in me as he was telling me the story of Jericho and you know he did the altar call but he just had everyone stand up that wanted to do the altar call instead of actually coming down and so I, I had never stood up faster in my life. <laughs> Realizing that everything I ever wanted, everything that ever made me feel good was in God. It just gives me the chills saying that out loud. Like <laughs> every piece of good advice I'm now finding like is a, you know some scripture. How how did I miss this for almost 30 years? <laughs> and I'm not perfect at all. <laughs> you know, none of us are, but, but yeah, I mean, I couldn't do it without God. Come on, did you know that people are coming to the Lord at business conventions? Like, think about that. Like, God is at work and God is on the move, and sometimes we, we forget that, and I hear a story like that, and I love it. And I love to see how someone like Cody is just growing in God. And when I see that, I'm so inspired that the gospel penetrates our hearts wherever we are. God is moving in people's cars. God is moving in the grocery store. God's moving in your living room. God's moving at restaurants right now. God is on the move. The Spirit of God is moving. Do you believe that? Man, I believe that. 
And every time I see stories like that, I'm convinced all the more what God is up to uh, in our world. And I hope that he's doing something. Listen, I hope God's doing something new. New inside of you. That you're not living off of last year or the year before or the year before that. But that God is doing something new in your life today. Um, man. In case, in case you don't know, uh, maybe you're new around here. We believe that we're all sinners. We've all messed up. And we've all fallen short of God's plan for our lives. It's not just you, it's all of us. And we all need a savior. And and let me say this, if you're here today and you're walking in guilt or shame um, in your life, I love to say this, God's grace is available to you. Now, those of you that are walking in guilt and shame right now, you're like, you didn't hear it, so I'm gonna say it again. God's grace, his forgiveness is available to you. You don't have to live in guilt, you don't have to live in shame. God convicts us, but that's not, that's not, that's not guilt. God convicts us because he loves us, and that conviction from the Spirit of God gets us back on track. How many people felt convicted in their life this week? Uh, I think there's a little more than that. <laughs> right? When the Holy Spirit lives in you, I get convicted by God every day. So either, either I'm a far worse sinner than most of you are. God is always saying, hey, maybe that thought drawing you back in. Don't get off course. Uh, maybe what you're watching, maybe what you just said, you need to think about the conviction of the Holy Spirit. It's good. It's not guilt and shame. Jesus said it so clearly. God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world. Hallelujah. No one's condemned by, by God. God sent his son into the world to save the world. He came to save us. And so we have that choice. So tonight is a vision night at 530 right here. I know you're going to be here. It's going to be a fantastic gathering. Um, some of you are like, I'm not going to be there. Well, guess what? I invited two friends tonight. Um, Patty Marie and Tiffany Smiley are going to be here for vision night tonight, so I thought you might want to come. They want your vote. Um, they're not going to be here. But tonight is going to be a great time as a church as we uh, celebrate, as we look back on a few years and look forward to some uh, things that are coming down the line, and we're going to share that. We're going to have some new uh, you know, shirts and things like that out, some giveaways, and I'm going to be sharing some vision uh, that you're not going to want to miss if this is your home church, so make sure you make that a point. Listen, tonight is going to be dark at 5.30, all right? So what we're going to do is we're going to have vision night, and that's going to make everything lighter, okay, for some of us, so that's cool. If you have a Bible today, it's going to be Matthew chapter 25, and kids are welcome tonight. I don't, I don't want to forget to say that. And we'll be about an hour in this gathering. All right, so the series title today is this, First Class Service, Part 2. We talked about service last week and prepare for landing. Now, if you're not here live, you don't know this, but right now, since we're having this final, like, uh, you know, airplane kind of gathering, we're doing first class service. We have uh, attendants here today handing out pop and pretzels down, down the aisles to people. How cool is this? Everybody's going to get uh, pretzels and a little, what are these, like six-ounce pops? Aren't these cute? How many are going to drink it at 10 a.m. in the morning? There's a few of you, all right? So um, they're passing that out. And it's just kind of a fun way to say, hey, at church today, uh, isn't it great to have first-class service uh, to be served in church? And I get to preach while people are munching on pretzels and opening cans of pop today, so pray for me. We just thought it'd be kind of fun as we close out these seven weeks as we've been talking about now boarding, and we're talking about service, Then we take a moment and just talk about first-class service. How many ever sat in first class on an airplane? Go ahead, raise it really high. How many never sat in first class, but you deserve to? All right. You're with me. All right, we're there. So they're passing that out. While that's being passed out, I know I'm not going to be fully listened to. So I'm going to tell you a story about yesterday in my life. Yesterday, I went for a run in the rain for uh, three miles, had a great run, came back, and I shot baskets with my dog. And then the best part of my day um, was not electronics. 
It wasn't the TV, it wasn't the phone, it wasn't that. I set up a table in the garage and my wife and I put on some of our favorite uh, music and we did a puzzle together in the garage and watched it rain. Come on, isn't that good? So um, during these days, invest in those relationships that are most important. And maybe during these fall days where it gets kind of dark, it gets kind of rainy, make some homemade soup, do a puzzle with someone and make sure you don't just stick your head in electronics all day long, all right? Cool. I don't know how long it's going to take to pass all this out. Everybody online is like, I'm missing out. If you get here next service, we will give you a Sprite and some pretzels. All right, cool. Jesus said it like this. He said that he came not to be served, but to? Jesus came to serve. I don't know if anybody poured, like, gave anything back to the attendants, right? But Jesus came to serve, not to be served. And he modeled that for us. So let me just ask you um, This question today, where are you serving God in your life? People who are serving God, they they understand, like, I serve in kids. I serve the food bank. I serve, and they can list what they do. Where do you serve God? Please don't say, well, I'm sure throughout my day, I serve God somewhere. I'm nice to people. Please identify some area where you are called and you are equipped and you are gifted by God to serve. And then go there with your passion, your abilities, your talents, and serve there. Serve the Lord in something that fills you up. If you're only attending church, you're missing out on so much of the, the fulfillment of God because God wants you to serve him and how he's wired you to serve. Amen? And my faith was not growing until I really started to volunteer and serve God. If your faith is going to get off the ground, then you've got to be actively serving God. It's one thing to believe in God. It's another thing to be serving God with your everyday life. Not because you get paid for it, not because you get credit for it, but because you just want to honor him. So let me give you three things really quick, and then we'll get into the main text. Three things uh, I felt like God wanted me to say today. Number one, we need to step out in faith and step up in service. Some of us, we used to serve, and if we're honest, we probably look back, like if you're not serving right now, you probably look back and go, that was my heyday. That was when I used to teach Sunday school. That's when I used to go on mission trips. That's when I would serve God and, and come to church and take care of the, the grounds at the, at the campus or whatever it was. That's when life is fulfilling, when you're stepping out in faith and you're stepping up in service. I was talking to Pastor Lauren this morning. I said, man, I wish I was on a mission trip today, not because I want to be, but because it, it stretches me. It scares me. It causes me to grow. I go, oh, God, I don't know if I want to do this. And there's something so good about taking a risk for the Lord because faith and risk are synonyms. Hello? Like, I don't risk anything. Well, then you probably don't have a lot of faith in God, right? Faith is risk. Faith inherently is risk. So if you ask the Lord to forgive your sins and direct your life, but you're not actually serving him, you're just like an airplane parked on the runway. You're not going anywhere. Come to the Lord, ask him to forgive your sins, but then say, God, take me somewhere. Use me somehow on the planet. There's got to be some place I can serve you on this planet. People in their deathbeds often say this, I wish I had risked more. Don't play it safe. People who play it safe end up with regrets every single time. Listen, church, I want to be honest with you. As a pastor, I'm highly concerned about our world today, not just about the world and all the crazy beliefs out there, and there's a lot of them, but this is something I'm concerned about. I'm concerned that we are entertained and comforted to death. We are entertained to death. And and at the end of the day, if you spent the entire day just being entertained and comforted, you're not even tired. You're not even exhausted. You haven't, you haven't changed somebody's world. That's no way to live. I, I do not want to be overly entertained. 
Now, I like comfort. Anybody else like comfort? But sometimes I'm like, I'm just sick of being entertained. I want to serve somebody. I want to make my life count today. Not go to bed and go, yeah, I got entertained again. Another day of entertainment. Maybe, maybe it's time for us to make some choices and some decisions about the entertainment and the comfort in our lives and intentionally be uncomfortable and less entertained so our lives make a bigger difference while we're here. If that's for you, do something, make it happen. So serve someone, meet someone, buy a stranger's groceries, share your story of faith, stretch yourself somehow in your life. Listen, the kingdom of God is advanced by Christ followers who are willing to take a risk. So don't play it safe. Number two is this, do something uh, with everything God's entrusted to you. Do something with everything God's entrusted to you. Just make sure that you don't say, God, you gave me these years, you gave me these talents, these abilities, and I'm doing nothing. Make sure you do something with that, with whatever God's given to you. Don't waste your gifts and what God's trusted to you. Number three, visualize and realize the landing of your life. Listen, what do you want the end of your life to look like? Can you visualize that now and can you make it happen? I want to accumulate two things in my life. I want to accumulate stories, and many of them are written in my journal. The first thing I want to accumulate in this life before my time is over is I want to accumulate a ton of stories. I want to be that old guy that people come and go, tell me stories about the old days. And I got story upon story upon story, things that God has done, things that I have seen, ways that God has moved in my life, changed me and shaped me and molded me, those Holy Spirit moments in your life. I want to have story after story, but that's not all. I want to collect stories, but I also want to, I want to accumulate wisdom. Because I want something to offer the next generation and the generation below that and below that. I want to have something to offer people when I'm old before I die. So I'm going to accumulate stories and wisdom in my life because sometimes, someday our trip around the sun will be over. In fact, just this morning I thought about this. I thought about me uh, as an old person and my dream uh, someday is to, it'd be fun in this church, but in a church, I would like my wife and I to teach Sunday school for third and fourth grade kids, which, which is what she does now. And I had this weird thought today and it's really strange. You want to hear a strange pastor thought? I envisioned myself like as this really old, old guy. And one week I was teaching Sunday school with my wife and we were like the old grandpa and grandma of the church teaching this awesome Sunday school class. And, and I was teaching kids about the Lord and teaching kids about heaven. And, and in this, I don't know if it's a vision, but this thought that I had this morning, um, that class, that Sunday school class happened the next week and I could see Stacy as a little old lady. And she said to the kids, she said, hey, um, Pastor Peter's not here today because he's in heaven, because he died this week. And all those third and fourth graders are like, wow, that's what he talked about his whole life. That's what he taught us about. And instead of those kids being all sad that, you know, teacher Peter wasn't here, they're all like, well, that's where he said he was going. And it's just kind of cool. Now, the, the problem is that I want to die first because I don't want her to be here without me, right? <laughs> that's the problem with that idea. But I love the concept of saying, God, I, I'm going to I'm going to live for you my entire life. I'm going to pour into people my whole life. I'm never going to retire from serving you. Uh, I want to bless you with my life. So what is there left for you to do? Who can you help? Whose faith can you build? Whose life can you bless? Who needs a hand? Who needs encouragement? Someday our lives will be judged by the Lord. That's what the text is going to be all about today. So what did you do? Where did you struggle? Where did you keep fighting? How did you not give up? Did you honor the Lord with what, uh, with, and run toward him during the hard times of your life? Did you live life about yourself or about others? Listen, how did you handle money? How did you handle sexual purity in your life? Or did you just give in to your flesh? Um, 
When it comes to money, did you act like a believer or an unbeliever? Did you pour your life into the next generation? Did you pour Jesus into the next generation? All of us have this opportunity to make this life count. I want to put up four people on the screen for you today. Um, Four people who have the opportunity to live this life, and they're all gone today, by the way. I believe Billy Graham had 93 years that he lived, and he had the opportunity to serve God in those years, and now his time is done. Another one is Michael Jackson, uh, 50 years. Uh, hey, he had 50 years on this planet to make his life count, to do something great for God. Another one is Joan of Arc. Joan of Arc, do you know this? She lived 19 years. Wow, not a whole lot. How about this one? Toby Mac, 58 years, opportunities uh, to make his life count for, doesn't he look good for 58? I'm going to be like that guy, all right? He moves better than me, and I'm 47, so what are we going to say? Everybody gets a certain amount of years, and then their time is done, and so wherever you're at today, serve God today, and if you get tomorrow, serve God tomorrow. Amen? Tomorrow's not promised, but we're going to serve God today, and if we get tomorrow, we're going to serve God there as well. So if you have your Bible, Matthew chapter 25 is the parable of the talents. At first, the talent was a weight. It later became a, a large unit of money. And the crowds were following Jesus, and this was a time they were kind of just waiting on Jesus. There was almost some of them kind of eating popcorn going, okay, Jesus, like, when are you going to throw off the Romans? I want to see it. When are you going to build your kingdom and just take over here? And they were kind of excited, and they were kind of going to sit back and watch Jesus mode. And I think one of the things that Jesus has to say, has to remind us is, hey, you're not sitting back watching God do everything because God's asked you to do something. Like if you're the church, if you're, if you're the followers of Jesus, then God has high expectations of you. And so he tells this story, Matthew 25, beginning in verse 14. He says again, the kingdom of heaven is, can be illustrated uh, by the story of a man going on a long trip. And he called together his servants and entrusted money to them while he was gone. He gave five bags of silver to one, two bags of silver to another, and one bag of silver to the last, dividing in proportions to their abilities. How many of you have one ability? You're a one silver person. How many are a two silver person? You, you got some, how many, God's given you a lot of abilities. Look at that. Honesty. I love that. All right, great. So the servant who received five bags of silver began to invest the money and earn five more. The servant, Jesus says, who had two bags of silver also went to work and he earned two more. But the servant who received the one bag of silver dug a hole in the ground and hid his master's money. I love this text because it really like calls it out of us. What are we doing? What God has given to us in Jesus' parable um, and I think Kimmy said it so well during the offering. Really, the, the, the reminder is this. There are two paradigms in this world. Number one, all that I have is mine. And number two, everything is God's. And you believe one of these two things. Often we live our lives saying, all I have is mine. I made it. I saved it. I got it. I earned it. I inherited it. Whatever you got, everything that I have is mine. And the second paradigm, this is what Jesus says, that you are a steward, you are a manager, and that God owns everything. Everything that we have is God's. How much of God's money is in your bank account right now? I mean, think about that. Like, wait a minute, everything I have is God's? I'm not sure I like that, right? It's an important question for us to ask. We ourselves are not the owners. We come into this world with nothing. We leave this world with nothing. We get to bless some people while we're here. Hopefully leave uh, something behind and we're gone. Do we see ourselves as owners or as managers in this life? So in Jesus' text, he says, hey, listen, the owner comes to the stewards, and he says, listen, I want you to manage this for me, and I'll come back, and we'll settle accounts. We don't own anything. We're, we're managing it. So here's point number one of the message. Do your best with what you've been given. Regardless of how much you've been given, some of you have been blessed with abilities and talents that blow me away, the others away. 
Some of you had a lot of years in this life. Some of you have had millions of dollars go through your hands. Do you know everybody like under 40 is going to probably have millions of dollars go through their hands? It's called inflation, uh, you know, right? No one gets to decide this but you. The only person that decides if you do your best with what God's given you, that's just you, only you. No one makes that decision for you. I make that decision for myself. Jesus said like this, the kingdom of heaven can be illustrated by the story of a man going on a long trip. He called together his servants and he entrusted money to them while he was gone. Two good questions are this. Did I do, what, did I do my best and did I do what God called me to do or wanted me to do? If I'm just a manager and I want to be faithful, did I do my very best and do I, did I do what God wanted me to do? I don't know about you, but sometimes I look at other people's gifts and I'm like, man, I'm glad I'm not that talented. I'm glad I don't have like his money because <laughs> that's a big responsibility to have that person's wealth, to have that person's abilities. I'm glad I don't have her looks. I just get up and throw some gel in my hair and that's good, right? I don't know if you're like responsible for your looks. Are you responsible for that? Everybody's like really uncomfortable asking that question. Like, I, don't know. I mean, you're only responsible for what you've been given in this life. And I think that's so helpful to know. I'm not responsible for your gifts. You're not responsible for mine. I don't have musical gifts. I can't fix things really well. I don't have millions of dollars or even hundreds of thousands of dollars. But I do have a home that I get to use for God. I love doing that. I do have an income that I get to tithe and give offerings to God. I do have leadership gifts, people skills, and a call upon my life that I get to give back to God. And you have things in your life that the person next to you do, does not have given to you, entrusted. Listen, entrusted to you by God. Make sure that you're doing your best for God with those things he's given you. There will be a day where you're called to account. Listen, I don't want to die with God's money in my pockets. I don't want to tell God I chase my dreams, not his plans. His plan is always better than my plan for my life. I want to please the Lord. I want to honor him. I've got 1,440 minutes every day, and so do you, to honor God with my life. God has entrusted into your hands minutes, Money, gifts, abilities, talents. The scripture says this in verse uh, 19. After a long time, their master returned from this trip, and he called them to give an account for, them, for uh, how they had used his money. Since I'm the owner and you're the steward, let, let's talk about how you did. Um, verse 20 says this. Um, the man who had received five bags of gold brought the other five. Master, he said, you've entrusted me with five bags of gold. See, I've made five more. And he, his master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. Don't you want God to say that someday? Well done. It's great to have a coach say that. It's great to have a teacher say that. It's great to have a parent say that. But to have God say that. Wow. Well done, good and faithful servant. I put you in charge of, of, of a few things. Now I'll put you in charge of many things. Come and share in your master's happiness. The same thing with two. The same thing. Good, well done, good and faithful servant. And it says, then the man who'd received one bag of gold came back and he said, Master, I knew that you're a hard man harvesting where you've not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seeds. So I was afraid and I hid your gold in the ground. See, here's what belonged to you. I did nothing with what you entrusted to me. And the harsh words that follow are, are really a response that Jesus is saying, listen, you guys know how an earthly owner would respond to a manager who he entrusted his belongings, his, his farm to, his vineyard to, and come back and he just let it go. He did nothing. Listen, God expects you to risk what is his. Like it's his, it's not ours anyway. The first two, they increased in value what was God's, but the, the, the next one did not. He was under orders to risk it. 
Listen, we're under orders to have faith and to risk and to do something with this life that God's given us. I mean, to take some, some risk and to, and to live up some challenges and to do some things where you're like, God, this is jumping in the deep end of the pool and I'm not comfortable. I want to wade out. And God says, I have something big for you to do. I have something scary for you. I have a prompting on your heart right now to do something, to give or to serve or, or to challenge you in some way. And you can quiet that voice or you can listen to that voice. But listen, when you get to the end of your life, the people who responded to God's tug on their heart and they went to the altar and they prayed in the grocery store and they wrote that check and they got on that plane, man, those are the people that get to the end of their life and they have stories. They have adventures. Oh my gosh, what if we get to the end of our life and I played, I played hundreds, no, I played thousands of hours of games on my phone. It was so fulfilling. I feel so much better about my soul condition to stand before the Lord. I spent two hours a day on social media and it just redeems my life. Man, let's do something that counts with our lives. Let's do something that matters with our life. We're under orders from God to risk with these days that we've been given to do something powerful for God. God expects you to risk what is his, and it's all his. Take your body, man. It's going to get worn out anyways. Might as well wear it out doing something great for the Lord. Serve God. Help other people. Some of you, you're great at fixing things. Some of you, you're great at hard manual labor. Man, do that for somebody else and do it as unto the Lord in your life. Ask a stranger if you can pray with them. Share with others what God's done in your life. Listen, if you take some faith-filled risk in your life, your faith will come alive. Listen, you can't do everything. I can't do everything, but I can do something. You can do something. Do your something. Don't, fi- don't try to do everything. And number three is this. Uh, doing nothing is an option. It's a terrible option, but it is your option. God has given you free will, and you can take the days and the dollars and the gifts that God's given you, the talents, and you can take them, and you can do nothing for God with them. That is your option. You have that free will. And a lot of people are doing that. Do something great for God. Listen, God loves to reward his kids. The master is full of praise. Well done, good and faithful servant. Jesus actually said one point in, in, in talking to the people, he said, listen, if you know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more does the father love to give good gifts to his kids? Oh, and by the way, he owns and has better gifts than you do. You're stuck with like, you know, video games and cars and stuff. God has real cool stuff, right? What did you do with what God has given to you? Be faithful in the small things. Listen, if he's Lord of your life, um, make him God of your money. If you have some abilities and some talents that you've taken those abilities and you've made them stronger and better, hallelujah, but God gives you that gift, right? God gives you your brain. God gives you your body. God gives you your strength. Use it for the Lord. You can do things that no one else can do. Here's the sad thing. In every local church in the world, there's all these needs and there's all these people who can meet those needs and somehow those things aren't always met. What if you've been attending a church for a couple years and you're perfectly gifted for something that church needs help with? we got to make that happen, people. And each one of us has to be responsible not to say, well, nobody came and asked me. We have to say, you know what? I've been gifted. It's my job to find my place of ministry where I can serve. 
Um, Pastor uh, Dave and Sharon are out at the, uh, will be out of the lobby at the end of the service. And we have a spiritual gifts inventory. If you don't know where, where your spiritual gifts are, you can grab one of these for free. We just want to make it available to you. And it'll help you figure out some of the things that you're really good at uh, in your life. And I've used this in my life. And God reminds me of my three gifts. And I have to be faithful to them in those gifts. And I want to bury those gifts. I want to do what God wants me to do. You can't do everything, but you must do something. Please don't do nothing. It's your option, but I beg, that, I beg of you that you won't. So let's just talk for a moment. Where has God, uh, excuse me, what has God entrusted to you? What has God entrusted to you? Be faithful in what he's given to you. Verse 29, to those who use well what they are given, even more will be given. And they will have an abundance, but from those who do nothing, even what little they have will be taken. The truth is, we're going to serve somebody in this life. You're going to serve somebody in this life. Uh, your, your time is going to go somewhere in this life. Your tithe is going to go somewhere in this life. You're going to serve somewhat, someone in this life. Just where is it going to go? Serve the Lord with your life. Manage well what God's entrusted to you. Don't, don't let your hands be idle. Listen, coasting will kill you. Complacency is toxic to your soul. Don't, don't coast don't get complacent. Be active in your faith. Do things that make you come alive. Be noble. Give of yourself. Impact the world around you. May those who come in contact with you today and tomorrow be better off because they were in your presence. Because you have a light about you and you serve and you bless. When someone has been given much, much will be required in them from them in return. Someone who's been entrusted with much, even more will be required. And so this is probably a word for us today. You have been given much. Come on, if you're honest, you have been given much. You've been entrusted with so much. And listen, God has high expectations of you. He's given you abilities, some you don't even realize yet. Some of you are so much better than the average person. You think it's like everybody's good at what you're good at. They're not. Your ability to teach, your ability to problem solve, to administrate, to love people. Listen, some people, when they say, hey, I want to serve ministry, we take them away from kids and youth, right? Because you're task-oriented. You're not a lover of souls. But some of you, you're a nurturer. Use that gift for God. What are you doing for the Lord? God has high expectations and I dare not want to be that person that's going, hey, God, I can't wait to see what you do. I'm going to eat some popcorn and watch. One of the things I don't understand is how God is saying, hey, I'm going to reach the world and I'm going to use the church to do it. And I'm like, God, have you seen us? We make a lot of mistakes. Couldn't you just reach the world? And he says, I'm going to reach the world by using you. You telling your story. You sending missionaries. You being Jesus in your workplace where there's nobody else that that really walks with God, except you. He's gonna use you. God has high expectations for you. So we're gonna sing a song in just a moment. And I'm gonna ask you to answer this question. Are all your possessions, all your resources, are they available to God? Because really everything is his. Are you, yourself, available to the Lord? And can we say something like this? God, all that I am, and all that I have is yours. Because one day I'm standing before you again. And I don't want to hold anything back that you've given to me. 
So we're going to sing this song. We're going to pray. You might want to just bow your head for a moment and just think about all the things that God's entrusted to you. You might want to stand in worship. You might want to come to the front and pray at the altar. I don't know what God's entrusted to you, but I know it's a lot. You have been given much. Don't coast with it. Seek the Lord. God, what do you want me to do with everything you've given to me? We're going to sing together. We're going to wait on God. And then we'll come back in a few minutes and we'll pray.
understand that to be a believer means that we serve there's no such thing as a servant of God who only believes but doesn't serve or whatever happens in this life don't let us be entertained to death don't let us be comforted and lulled to sleep when you've given us so much or help us to pour ourselves out or that person who's good with food, let them do great things for you. That person who God, who has abilities, God, to show things, let them do incredible things for you. God, the person who can fix things, the person who's got more time on their hands than they used to. God, the person who could lead a Bible study, but for whatever reason is not. Light a new fire. Lord, you've given us so much money. Some of us, God, we've lived decades, and we want to be found faithful before the end comes. God, as we visualize how our years might play out, help us to stop and make an adjustment. Listen, church, wherever you are, would you just take a moment and say, Lord, I need you. I need your forgiveness. I need your leadership in my life, and I need your courage, because I'll always have fear, but I want my faith to be greater than my fear. Lord, as you are stretching us today, make us alive. Give us that sense of adventure. Our faith is alive. It's scary. It's exciting. We're hearing your voice. We're responding to it. And Lord, if you're drawing people to yourself at business conventions and in grocery stores, then God, you can be doing something great and exciting in me. Lord, let each one here today take responsibility for what you've entrusted to each one of us and give it back to you. God, we love you and we need you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Man, I'm glad you set aside this time for the Lord. If you want to stick around and pray, you can. If you want a spiritual gifts inventory, you can grab that. There's also a place in the lobby you can sign up for ministry, also at the info counter. Don't miss tonight, 530. Come a little bit early to vision night. All right? God bless you.